Hello and welcome to the Daddy Saturday podcast. I'm your host, Justin Batt. On this podcast, we have a chance to bring in experts in the area of fatherhood to help all of you dads become better fathers who raise good kids that become great adults. We have a special treat for you today. We're at the Spartan Media Fest brought to you by ATP Science. And I've got an incredible guest who's gonna talk to us about fear today. The fear guru, Patrick Sweeney, um, is going to share how we can overcome fear, understand fear, because it's often misunderstood. And he's got some great examples, including one where he recently took his kids up uh, Mont Blanc and got caught in an avalanche, which made some national attention. We'll certainly talk about that here today. Patrick's a multi-accomplished author, speaker, and um, he's got a lot to share with us today around the concept of fear. So, Patrick, glad to have you on the show. Justin, man, man, this is awesome. Thank you so much for having me on board. I love the podcast and and what you're doing. I think it's so important now. And uh, if I can help add a little bit of the science to it, then uh, I'm really grateful. And and hopefully your your listeners will get some stuff out of it today. Well, I appreciate that. So, Patrick, you know, let's just jump right into it. I mean, there's this concept of fear, and fear is often misunderstood in our society today. People tend to want to avoid fear, shrug off fear, do things that don't put them in a circumstance of fear, um, besides maybe the local haunted house that they're about to go through today. Uh, but outside of that, um, why do you think that we as a society are so um, quick to try and get away from fear? Well, and that's the great point. We need more fear in our life. I haven't met anyone who wouldn't benefit from having more fear and understanding that mechanism, but our society has become so safe, so soft, and and part of that, of course, is a number of components that go into driving that um, from the litigiousness of of the world we live in to what people think of of parenting and, and fears that people have, as irrational as they may be. And so I think, you know, people now, particularly since 9-11, have not got back to a point where they feel safe. So there's sort of a, a constant level of people being afraid of things and running away from it instead of facing that fear head on. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about some of these traumatic events that have happened recently, like 9-11, um, there's, it's, it's also this irrational fear because it's like a fear of the unknown, right? If you look at especially around fear, and I'm not an expert like you, but if you look at the statistics around fear, it's like you know, going in the ocean and getting attacked by a shark. Oh my God, right. that's, that's, that's like, like completely ridiculous, yeah, right, that, right, that you're worried about that. Sure, and there, you have a greater chance of getting stung by a bee and dying, right, than... than you get, there's, a, there's a higher chance of getting struck by lightning twice than by getting yeah, bitten or eaten and attacked by a shark. Right. And, and one of the things, um, if, if you guys are familiar with Spartan, uh, the founder is a good friend of both of ours, Joe DeSena, and he had a, uh, a tremendous fear of sharks. And, and this is a guy who's one of the, you know, tough guy who's done all these great things. And if you can imagine just how completely fucked up this is, he used to shower standing on a stool as a kid because he was afraid a shark was going to come up the drain in the shower. And what he did was he decided to face that fear. And he was at a a race in Nantucket, an adventure race, and his leg, it was a team adventure race, his leg was to carry a a sack of sand along a beach run, and when he got to it, he was going to tag off to the guy who was supposed to swim across the bay and finish the race, and he got there, and the guy said, look, there were sharks sighted, there's no way in hell I'm going in that water. Joe was terrified of sharks, but he said, he said, fuck it, this is an opportunity for me to face my fear, jumped in the, in the water, was terrified, swam across. A woman was there volunteering in the race. She, she met him after he finished. He started talking to her. 
That's Courtney, his wife. So if he hadn't faced that fear, wow. he would have never met his wife. Wow. He would have never had the wonderful kids he has and everything else. And that's just one example of what lies on the other side of fear. It's our dreams. And until we lean into that fear and we understand how we respond to it, we can never get there. And it's so important for parents to understand that as well, especially nowadays with, with so much that's going on. Before the show, you know, we're just discussing some of the terms that we've thrown around for parenting these days. And, you know, you've got the snowplow parents, you've got the bulldozer parents, you've got the helicopter parents. And, and part of that is if you look at those three stereotypes of parents, a lot of that is trying to prevent their kids from experiencing failure because there's this irrational fear that their kids are going to turn out bad if they if they fail. Right. So parents, for whatever reason, we tend to try to surround our kids and um, and you mentioned Joe in that circumstance, and Joe feels the same way about his kids, right? He puts them in situations where they have to experience fear, fear have to experience failure, and he's the complete opposite of that. But why do you think as our society, we, as parents, it's there's a rational way that we try to protect our kids, but in doing so, we're harming them? Well, and, and I know some of your guests have touched on it in the past, and, and every society uh, through the millennials, I mean, uh, through the, the generations have had coming of age rights, things that we had to do. And, and one of your guests, the, the doctor who was talking about the boy crisis, said, prepare for war. You know, that's just, just one thing. But we've taken away. So the memories we have of those as kids, you know, are sometimes traumatic. And some things you wouldn't want to put your kids through. My grandfather beat me with his belt, right? He was abusive, and, and I'd never want to go through that. But on the, on the same token, I look back and I think, you know, if I'm not getting beat with a belt, it's a good day. <laughs> so, so the coming of age, things that we have, we've gotten away from as a society because we can. You know, we have, we have wealthy societies. We have comfortable living. We can go from heated houses to heated car seats and with heated steering wheels to our heated schools. And, and we never have to get any stresses. And what that's doing is hurting us mentally because when we do receive a stress, which everybody does at some point in their life, we're not mentally prepared for it. And, and from a neurological perspective, we have to wire those neurons together to understand how to react to fear. And, and we can touch on it in a little bit if you want, but from a parenting perspective, it's really important to understand how the brain develops and that'll dramatically affect your parenting. Wow, that's so important. And you know, we talk about it in the, in the book, Daddy Saturday. We mentioned this concept of you know, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, and how can you can actually reprogram your brain. And we talk about it in our, in our backyard, we put in a new pool and we had all this new sod around it. And my kids, literally within two weeks, they had worn this path from the house to the pool in that new sod, right? They had trampled it down. And I came to understand that the same thing is true neurologically, that we do the same thing in our brain. We create these highways based on how we react to certain situations. And if you respond or react the same way over time, you create this neural pathway in your brain. I think it's what you're talking about, right? And so as parents, if we only allow our kids to experience success, never allow them to overcome a fear or experience failure, then essentially they're creating this pathway in their brain where they have no mechanism to deal with the other side of that. Well, and, and here's the important thing, Justin. What happens when you're a child, when you're born, we've got, we've got two centers of the brain. So we've got the, what's called the limbic system, which is where the amygdala sits. It sits at the base of the brain. The amygdala is a small gland about the size of an almond. That handles a fight, flight, or freeze response. So when, when your kid starts screaming back at you or he just runs or just curls up in a ball, that's the amygdala hijacking his thought process and, and telling him, I've got to fight, 
flight or freeze because my, my life's at stake and I might not be able to pass my genes on to the next generation because that's all the amygdala cares about. It's, it's running a two million year old piece of software. It's the reptile right? brain, right? It's the reptile brain, exactly. The, the reptilian brain and uh, it doesn't know anything about happiness, success, fulfillment, courage. We've got something called the prefrontal cortex which is the newest part of our brain. But the thing is, and this is so important for parents to understand, that doesn't fully develop until uh, kids are in their early 20s. So we don't have the capacity as children, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, to rationally correct when the amygdala hijacks. So it's up to parents to say, he doesn't have a prefrontal cortex. He can't think through all the options I'm going to be, as you said, his guide or his coach, and I'm going to let him know that there are other options besides what he's trying to do. So if, if he's scared, if he's angry, if he's frightened, then I'm going to be the one uh, who's going to guide him or coach him into other options. And when I do, I'm going to start to create some synaptic connections where he starts to realize and starts to develop that connection to the prefrontal cortex. So it's, it's really important. And, and the mistake I made when I, my kids are now 16, uh, 14, and 13, but when they were five or six years old, I was taking them uh, rock climbing. And this is before I started all the work on, on the book, Fear is Fuel, and interviewing all these neuroscientists. And uh, typical, I came from a typical Irish Catholic, you know, blue collar uh, background in Boston. And it was always, you know, it was always a fight between doing what you're supposed to be doing and not doing. And I remember my son, Declan, uh, my youngest, he was probably four, well, he was probably five at the time loved rock climbing up, right? He's on the rope, climbs up to the top. And then I said, okay, now you can let go and I'll lower you down. He said, I start screaming. He said, I can't do it. And I, I said, all right, let, listen, Declan, I'm going to have none of this shit. Let go right now. No ice cream for you after we go out to dinner or whatever. No, I can't do it. And we just got in this screaming match for, for half an hour, right? We're yelling at each other. Look, I've been there. Rock. I think a lot of dads have. So. And, 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 that was a, and what I found out is that's the worst thing I could do. Because his amygdala had hijacked his thought process, he was ready to fight. Well, he, was, he froze, and then when I confronted him, he wanted to fight me, and all he did was dig in his heels. And so what we have to do, and, and when, I, when I learned this about the brain development, we have to be that prefrontal cortex. So we have to, if you, if you think about it, we have to be a surrogate prefrontal cortex to our kids. So good. And, and so now, you know, uh, when he was seven or so and, and we're going out at it again and I've, I'm learning all this new neuroscience, I said, okay, Declan, you got to lower down. He's like, no, I can't. I might fall. I'm like, Declan, are you safe right now? No, no, no. I might fall. I might go. Declan, right now, are you safe? Well, uh, well, y yeah. Okay, now just let go with one hand and see what happens. I can't let go with one hand. Okay. And, and so walking him through this process to the point where he learns, uh, he lets go without a fight. You know, he learns to take a few breaths. One of the techniques I, I talk people through in, my, uh, in the book is a breathing method called a four-by-four. And, uh, and the Navy SEALs call it box breathing. It's what they learn at sniper camp, and it's what... Uh, yogis have been doing for thousands of years. So I'll start him breathing in for four, hold it for four, let it out for four. Okay, Deck, let's do some four by fours. And he, he starts to breathe. That gets his sympathetic nerve system to let go of his heart rate. So now he's creating a coherent heartbeat and he's starting to take control of the situation. And so he feels like he's empowered now because he's learning 
that, okay, I don't have to just sit here and have this incredible amygdala hijacking and feel my body trembling apart and all these all these reactions happening when his his body creates these enzymes DHEA and cortisol and adrenaline and so he starts to realize okay when I feel that it's not the end of the world you know I understand I can get scared but I can stay in control and that's such an important lesson that we have to teach kids that people aren't doing today because they don't want to see their kids out of control and they don't want to take the time and have the patience and, and half the parents I meet and, and I speak two or three times uh, a month doing keynote speeches and it's usually to businesses about creating a culture of courage or, or things like this about your own personal performance and if 15 people ask questions at the Q&A three, four, five of them are always about parenting, yeah. right? And, and what people are afraid of is they know they should be pushing their kids, but, you know, I, I hear so many people, and I think half the time they're talking about themselves, and they'll come up and they'll say, you know, I want to take my kids uh, rock climbing, but my wife, you know, won't let us and is worried about what the neighbors might think. Sure. And it's all this tribal pressure about, you know, I don't want to be called a bad parent. And, and they're succumbing, the parents are succumbing to that fear that, that they might get rejected from the tribe because they're being a, quote, bad parent when we know we have to be pushing our kids out of their comfort zone. And so that's the first step. I mean, there's so much there that we can unpack and just go into. But I think, you know, the big thing that I, I really took from that is as parents, it is so important for us to be our kids prefrontal cortex we have to be the surrogate we have to be the surrogate prefrontal cortex for our kids absolutely that is so huge if they think about that you know if your if your listeners can just think about that it'll dramatically change the way they look at every situation absolutely and i I think from from your standpoint i made the exact same mistakes you did especially with my boys right i can think of many circumstances where in fact we went to a kind of like an american ninja warrior course and the boys i had all three of them and they were at the time probably nine seven and actually eight no, yeah, eight, six, and four. So Easton would have been my youngest at four. And they're all hanging on, on the, the rings. And I still have a hanging contest, right? Let's see how long you can hang. So the older boys are sitting there hanging and hanging. And eventually my oldest falls off. And then my middle son falls off. And my youngest son was still hanging on. But he is screaming at the top of his lungs. And the reason why he was hanging on so long is because he was afraid to let go. go. (laughs) That's using fear as fuel. (laughs) That's right, man. So he was literally screaming. And I posted the video on Facebook. And, like, everybody's – his brothers are laughing. I'm laughing at that point because it's funny. And it's, like, three feet to the ground going to a panded mat, right? So, like, there's no safety concerns whatsoever. And you would be amazed the number of responses I had from parents of how that was mean and not fair and I shouldn't put my son in that situation and why and I'm like are you kidding me and then I did what you described I said hey Easton if you let go like calm down breathe if you let go what's the worst thing that's going to happen he's like I'm going to fall I'm like are you going to fall into a mat I said yes is that going to hurt no okay what about if you ask me to catch you I'd be happy to catch you on the way down so I said, let me catch you. He let go. So I you're giving him, him multiple alternatives that's that right. he's not thinking of. That's, that's perfect. Because the only thing he was thinking of is lizard brain. If I let go, he froze and he freaked and he wasn't going to let go. So. And that's actually why most people are afraid of flying. So, so the part where the plane never, ever crashes is during turbulence. The people have a fear of falling, and it feels like they're falling when you get into bumps because most people only feel the down. They can't, they don't, aren't sensitive enough to feel the up. But there's an up usually before there's a down, and then they get it. But it's that fear, that that primitive, you know, instinctual fear of falling. 
So as we wrap this up, let's tie it well, up. Let me, let me bring up one yeah. thing, because you touched on a great point that uh, I thought of. And I think if you look at guys like you or, or Joe DeSena uh, or me, and I'm going to put Tom Brady in their greatest okay. quarterback of all time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, six years ago, when my daughter was 10, we went down to Costa Rica. And, uh, and I did a mountain bike race down there called La Ruta de los Conquistadores. And then we took some time afterwards at a little uh, surf village where uh, Tom and Giselle have a house. And so we're surfing and, and exploring the woods. And there's this waterfall that's, I don't know, 20 feet, 25 feet high. Right. And we, we jumped off it. And uh, it's actually in a, in a documentary I did with my daughter about rock climbing uh, Devil's Tower. She and I did that last year. And I put the, I said, you know, I was trying to teach my kids adventure. And I had a video of her and I jumping off this waterfall. So Tom Brady posted the exact same video a month and a half, yes. two months ago with his daughter jumping off the exact same place. And he got shit for that yes, as well, yes, and, which is ridiculous, right? I mean, it just shows you how... Uh, yeah, I think it was even The Rock who gave him hell for it. Like you know, Tom, and and it's a completely benign, safe situation, right? It's it's twenty or thirty feet deep at the bottom of it. Is it's not you know it's not a dangerous jump or anything like that. But people just see that and they say you know it'd never be allowed in the United States. And Tom Brady's a bad parent. And so if Tom Brady gets called a bad parent, if I get called a bad parent, if Joe DeSena gets called a bad parent, if Justin's called a bad parent, then other, guy, other parents out there should have the courage to say, you know what, these guys are doing what's right for their kids. They're raising great, courageous, strong, independent kids, and they might be getting shit for it, but you know what? They're doing a service to their kids, and they're being they're being strong parents. And so, I uh, that's a key message I want to get across to your audience. I think that's so critical, and it is an important message. It, it is one of the cores of Daddy Saturday, right? And we talk a lot about the fact that my kids call me weird all the time, and I'm like, that's a great thing if my kids are calling me weird, and even better when society calls me weird because it means that I'm doing the right thing. I'm out there on the edge, and I'm not following the herd. And you know, I would look at that that comment and say back to those people and to a society as a whole. We have 24 million kids in our country that don't have a father living in the home. We have far more that have fathers that aren't engaged, that are physically present but emotionally absent. We have a childhood obesity problem where one in five kids in our schools today is obese. And, and, and you know what? That's setting up those kids for failure. And it's not even their fault. If, if their mother can't say no or their father can't say no when they say, I want an ice cream every day or I want a, I want a supersized Coke, and that kid is, is obese at 10 or 12 years old, I mean, they, they've just got an uphill battle. They do. It, so it's, it's, so it's you're going to so point horrible. fingers at Tom Brady for letting his kid jump off a waterfall, which is completely safe, but then you're going to feed your kid Twinkies and Diet and Cokes all day long. Exactly. And, you know, so it is, it's, I would say to that, that that is just an, an acknowledgement that our society needs a wake-up call. And as parents, they need to understand this concept of fear and failure and help raise good kids that become great adults. So tell us about the book a little bit. I'm excited for this to come out. I can't wait to read it. You said you're going to give me an advanced copy, so I'm, yeah, I'm pumped absolutely. about that. So uh, it's called Fear is Fuel. It'll be out the end of January. You can pre-order it now on Amazon. Cool. Uh, it's been five years in the making. 36 of the world's top neuroscientists have contributed and uh, uh, interviewed more than 500 CEOs, Navy SEALs, um, 
Tour de France winners, you know, everything else. Uh, and it's really amazing stuff because we've only had the technology in the past six or seven years to really see and understand what's going on with the brain. And, uh, and just some of the insight, and I'll, I'll share with you now, is we talk a lot about that limbic system, the lizard brain, the amygdala. Right. There's also another part of the brain no one hardly ever talks about. It's called the SGACC, subge subgenial anterior <laughs> cerebral cortex. It's a tough one. And, and that's the courage center. And, and we can literally learn how to flip a switch and be courageous. And that's something we can teach our kids as well. But I think it starts, just like you said, Justin, with the parents being courageous and ignoring what everyone else is saying and, and doing what they know is right for their kids. And, and that means a coming of age. It means getting them out of their comfort zone. It means doing things that might even scare the parents. Sure. You know, I, I know plenty of parents who are afraid to rock climb. So, yes, that's right. So, you know, it's, it's good for everybody. It sure is. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll put a link to the book to Amazon in the show notes. Super. And we'll certainly promote it across the platform because I think it's a worthy endeavor and something that all parents need to pick up and read. Absolutely. There's a lot for themselves. There's a lot for parenting. And uh, and anything I can do uh, on my website, it's easy to get a hold of me or Instagram, uh, Twitter, whatever. So, yeah. Wonderful. Well, I have two questions in closing. So one's more of a fun question. I ask this to all of my guests that are on the podcast. So um, if you've listened to my podcast, which it sounds like you have, you know what the question is. If you had a boat big enough to put your name on the back of it or a name, what would you name your boat? Fear is fuel, of course. Oh, there you go. That's an easy one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's too easy. Great. Fear is fuel. And literally, you could take that boat a long or maybe, way. Or maybe running on fear. Running that on might, fear. Ooh, one, I yeah. like that one. I like that one a lot. That's great. Um, and anything in, in closing you'd like to leave our listeners with that maybe we didn't get to today? I think... Um, one of the other important things from a parenting perspective that, that I struggle with and from your own perspective, just a, a quick tip is if you want to set yourself up for success, it's got to start in the morning and it's got to start with a regular routine. I do some breathing and I do uh, some calisthenics in the morning and, and then your brain has been repaired overnight. You've consolidated all your memories and then you can use it to its most creative aspect. Your kids are exactly in the same boat. So if you can get them to wake up do a little breathing exercise, do some calisthenics, even if it's just some jumping jacks and sit-ups or something, and then they can do whatever they want to do. But one of the problems that I see a lot is kids especially, but even adults, first thing they do in the morning, you know what it is, reach for their phone. And when they reach for their phone, they've become victims to whatever anyone else wants them to do. They're reacting. They start their day in a reactive mode. You start your day in a reactive mode. So I would say be strong. You know, as, as parents and say, look, the first half hour in the morning, you're going to get up, do some stretching, brush your teeth, have a bite to eat. Then you can have your phones. That's right. And don't let people immediately, and, and parents shouldn't either, start by reaching for that phone in the morning. And I hear parents, you know, when, we, when I talk again, who leave it on all night. And, and they're waking up in the middle of the night because they hear a text message come in. And I'm thinking, that's fucking ridiculous that your life is being run by other people. That's right. And you're not in control of your own life. So yeah. take control of your life. Start out in the morning with a nice little morning routine. You got it. Well, thanks for listening, folks. As always, it's the Daddy Saturday podcast. Remember, raise good kids that become great adults, be an intentional and engaged parent, and make it a great Daddy Saturday. This one's brought to you by ATP Science at the Spartan World Media Fest. Take care.